Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Our church believes in fellowship, believes in family. We are like a family. So church is not just an organization for somebody to get a job, have a paycheck. But it's a family. Have a dad and brother and sister and mom and God is our ultimate father. Today I would like to give you the message of the sermon called Being Thankful in Difficult Times. Being Thankful in Difficult Times. And this sermon will give us God's heavenly strategy of how to get rid of stress. In your life, the level of stress will go down if you follow this God's prescription of medicine. I write prescription every day. Today I'm gonna write one. Have four medicine in here in this prescription. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the teacher, the Holy Spirit, who revealed to us the truth of God and empower us and grace us. To be able to obey your word, put it into practice, act on upon your word, and give us faith to follow you and to serve you, Lord. We thank you for this message that you have given to your church in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. At one time, I look at a can, and the label of the can says, "Warning: Contents under pressure." That label should be put on many people nowadays in this society. Put a sticker on your forehead. Contents under pressure. A lot of people are stressed out today. They're stressed out because of the bad economy. They're stressed out because of the job, because of the traffic in the evening on I-5. There's a well-known stress scale called Holmes Stress Scale. This Holmes Stress Scale. List hundred event that cause people to be under big stress, such as divorce, losing the loved ones, the death of the spouse, and on this scale, there is one event that they say that is most is one of the most stressful event in America. This scale was produced in the U.S., not in Thailand, not in Japan, and that event. Is the time between Thanksgiving and New Year. This is one of the most stressful time of the year for people who live in America, because you have to think about what kind of gift you buy for your children. Last night I talked to Pastor Da. What do our children need? And somebody said we need a Beamer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's very stressful to look for the gift. Some of you may be even stressful because. You know that in a few days you're g o i n g to meet some of your relatives that you don't like in a party. Some of you are very stressful because you have to think, what am I g o i n g to cook this Thursday? Do I have enough time to cook and entertain all the people in my house? It's a stressful time, and the worst situation is this situation really destroys the spirit of Christmas. That is to find a parking in the shopping mall just before Christmas. And the last-minute shopper are in this big stress. 
Amen. So we can see that this is a big problem in the U.S. right now. People are stressed out, under pressure. So today I would like to give you the strategy how to overcome the stress and worry in your life. Can we reduce the stress? Can we go through tough times with thanksgiving? Let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And verse 7 to 9. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learn and receive and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. This passage of the scripture gives us four steps or strategies how to overcome Stress in life. How to have joyful life in the tough time that you have to face. Step one is worry about nothing. Step two, pray about everything. Step three, thank God in all things. And step four, think about the right things. Everyone say, worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Thank God in all things. Think about the right things. We're going to go through each one at a time. Let's look at the first one. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says, Be anxious for nothing. So, the first step, be anxious for nothing. Worry about nothing. In fact, it's no sweat to say that, but it's not easy to do. When I came back from vacation last weekend, when the plane landed on the ground, I began to get attacked by worry and fear big time. Because I know that on Wednesday, I had to perform a big operation on one of my friends, and I know the whole family. And this is one of the most difficult aneurysm that I had to clip. I could not sleep well. I will really worry about this lady. That the surgery can make her polarized and she can be out of commission if I make anything, something wrong during the operation. I have to fight that worry. Today, we are living in the golden age of worries. What do I mean? We have micro worries, a little, little things that you worry every single day. And we have macro worries at the level of the nation. That the economy has gone down. 
stock market is bad, up and down. We have big national debt. We worry. We have a macro worry, national level. And not only that, most of us just wake up in the morning, already get into the. Oh, stop, please. Okay. <laughs> Every morning we woke up with the alarm clock, and you can hear the alarm clock, the sound. Eh, eh, eh. You woke up with already a bad sound. It's not a comforting clock; it's the alarm clock. So we start the day, set out the day with eh, eh, eh. This is my alarm clock. In every morning, I woke up with this one. It's not a comfort clock; it is alarm clock. We face problem every single day. We have to deal with problem, resolve problem every day. When we wake up in the morning, we pick up newspaper and read all the bad news. We watch TV in the evening. We saw all the bad news: the flood, the tsunami, the earthquake. The war, not only the bad news here, the bad news in another country, the bad news in another part of the world, and by the time you go to bed, you are stressed out. You cannot sleep well. But I want to comfort you today that one of the doctors did a study and discovered this fact about worry. This is what he discovered in his investigation: forty percent of your worries never happened. 40% of them you don't have to even worry about because it never happened. By the way, my patient did well. She woke up, no pain, no problem, happy, moving, everything. She went home yesterday. I can tell you the detail how tough, how scary this surgery is. Personally, I don't have time to explain on the pulpit here. So, out of the 10 worry that you think every week, every day. Four of them you throw out in the garbage. You don't have to think about it because it never happened. 30% of your worry concern about the past, and worry will not change the past, and worry will not benefit the future either. So if you keep worrying about the past, what people did to you, what happened 10 years ago, how you make mistake about buying some house with the wrong price, don't even think about it. It's the past, and you cannot change it. You cannot control the future by worrying. You cannot change the past by worrying either. But actually, worry mess up your today, mess up your health, mess up your relationship. So 70% throw out, don't worry. 12% of your worries are needless health concerns. We call hypochondriac. You worry that you're gonna have cancer when you get older. You worry about having an Alzheimer. You worry and worry. On a tombstone of a hypochondriac man, he put on his tombstone, "I told you I was sick." You know, hypochondriac mean a person who worry about health all the time. So, twelve percent now. How many percent? Eighty-two percent throw out. Ten percent of your worries are insignificant and petty issues. Only eight percent of your worries are actual, legitimate concerns of your life. Only eight percent. What I try to tell you is that don't worry. 
Worries are sin. In fact, worries are the sign of lacking faith and trust in God. The Bible says, "Resist the devil, and he will flee from you." When we talk about resist the devil, a lot of people thinking about a man with two horns, with the long tail, and a fork, and come in and you say, "I resist you, devil! Get out of here!" But actually, everything that comes from the devil is his, and worries. Is not of heaven. Worry is of the devil. We need to resist the devil. So by Tuesday night, I began to have palpitation. I told Pastor Da that I really nervous about tomorrow surgery, and then the Lord spoke to me. This is not good. You preach the word and you don't do it. So I began in my bed. I said, In Jesus' name, I resist this worry. Go away right now. Tomorrow the surgery is going to be well. You're going to guide my hand in every single step. And the patient is going to do well. My friend is going to go back home. Her son and daughter going to enjoy her presence again. And then the peace of God came in. And I slept well. And you know, the next morning during surgery, it was not easy surgery. It took me four hours. God led me every single step. Every single step. From the beginning to the end. And the aneurysm was clipped beautifully. And she did well. Worry doesn't help me. Only God can help me. Worry doesn't do any good things to you. But it will only hurt you. Amen. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 34. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is own trouble. Don't worry about tomorrow. You can plan, but let's deal with one day at a time. Then you're going to live a long life. Yet you will not get sick. Amen? Just deal with one day at a time and let tomorrow worry itself. You just trust God for today. Thank God you are not by yourself. You have the Word and you have the Holy Spirit. So every single day, the Holy Spirit can guide you, tell you what to do. He can show you the things. He can give you wisdom. Why worry? Just wake up and rejoice in the Lord your God. Amen? It's interesting when Paul wrote this scripture. He was in jail in Rome. And we are sitting here, not in jail, but we worry. But the man of God was writing don't be anxious about anything while he was in the dungeon. It's interesting he, how mature he is. No matter what happened around him, he would not be worried. Amen? Amen. God tells us don't do something, but God is fair. God going to tell you what to do. He said don't, and then he's going to tell you what to do. He will not keep you in a blank, in a zero. He will tell you what to do after he tells you not what to do. What to do? Verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everyone say everything. everything, in everything by prayer and supplication. So the next step, the second strategy, the first strategy, throw the worry away, resist worry, resist anxiety. The second step is to pray about everything. Everyone say about everything. You may say, Pastor, I'm a busy guy. I don't have time to pray. But I want to encourage you. If you don't spend time worrying, but spend time praying, you will not have time to worry. 
24 hours a day instead of spend time sitting and drinking coffee and worry about what gonna happen tomorrow, what gonna happen to my 401k, my saving. Oh, I'm gonna have money enough when I retire. What gonna happen to the money in the Medicare? You worry, and worry, and worry. You rather spend time praying, talking to God, present your request to God. Amen. In the past 30 years of being a Christian, I have learned one thing. Pray make a big difference. If you pray, God is behind the scene working for you, and something good gonna happen. That is the privilege of Christian that we can have a direct line. You can call direct to heaven and talk to God, and God listen to you and answer you. Amen. Instead of worrying, you spend time praying. He says in everything. A lot of people misunderstand that God is so religious. He's like a priest with a nice priest cloth in heaven, and he is only concerned about religious things like how many people you witness a day, how much money you give to the church. He concerned or interested only how many times you read the Bible a day, how many times you go to care group a month. No, 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 no. Yes, God isn't concerned about those, but God is also interested in your car payments. God is interested in your post nasal drip. He's interested in your vacation time. He's gonna take care of you while you go on vacation. God is concerned about your eczema. I just want to make sure that. You are awake enough to listen. I try to test that you are you are listening to me or not. <laughs> Finally, somebody get it. <laughs> God is interested in the parking spot in the shopping mall. That then you pray, He give you the parking spot. He's interested in little things, big things, small thing, everything in your life. He is interested. He knows about all the detail of your life. Actually, the Philip translation in this word say, "When you pray, tell God every detail of your life. Where the parking spot? <laughs> what kind of job? What you're gonna do? What kind of clothes you're gonna buy? Pray to God and ask God to get involved with you. The God who make your fingerprint so unique. The God who make every snowflake unique." The God who make your voice so unique, your voice is never the same as another person. The same God who created a lot of unique things and even know the numbers of your hair on your head. Some of you easy to count. <laughs> Because not many of them. <laughs> This God. Know every detail, and He can help you in every single detail of your life. You don't need to worry. You just present the detail request to God. The Bible says, "Pray with petition or supplication." The word "supplication" or "petition" means specific, detailed, and direct prayer. Don't pray to God in a vague way. Oh, God bless me, and God in heaven say, "What? What blessing?" Oh God, uh, help me! What do you want me to help you? Be specific, be detailed. <laughs> Amen. Don't just say bless me. Be specific. God help me to pay off my mortgage. 
in three years. God help me to get the right job. I want a job in downtown Seattle, for example. I got a testimony from one of our leaders in um, North Campus. He came to our church since he was a high school student, and just before he graduated, he drove by downtown Seattle and he saw a building with a good company there, and he said, "God, I'm gonna work down here." And I believe you're going to give me the job. And you know, within a few months, he got a phone call from that building, that company, and he got the job there. And he still worked there for 10 years. He got the job in the building that he was praying for. It's amazing. God heard all the details. Actually, after he prayed, he told me, we just spent time together. And he said that after he prayed, he heard the voice of God in his spirit. Yes, you're going to get it. I give you this job. Amen. Everyone says specific prayer. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, the Bible says, Cast all your anxiety on Him. Him means God. Because He cares for you. Another translation says, Unload all your worries on Him, since He is looking after you. The word cast upon or unload in the Greek language means just let it drop. It's not taking something and put on the table like this. Gently. No. You have a load, let it drop on the lap of God and walk away. A lot of people ask me, how can you handle this? Being a neurosurgeon and being a pastor. Two stressful jobs in the whole world. Very difficult jobs, pastor and neurosurgeon. The secret is, I love to drop. When I have problem, and I go to bed. I drop on the lap of God and I don't have to worry about it. Amen? Amen. Cast your anxiety. Drop your or unload your anxiety and your worry upon Him. Because He knows all the details of your life. One of the major life insurance companies have studied and discovered that if you attend church every week, you will live average five Point seven more years than those who don't attend church every Sunday. Five point seven years. I want to add. This is my own version. If you attend New Hope International Church every week, <laughs> you will live thirty years more than normal. <laughs> Because you learn how to cast your care out of your life. You are in the file of God. The file of God burn demon out of you. Cancer, the demon of cancer that follow you from your ancestor have to leave. The demon that attack your joint will go away. You're going to live a long life. Amen. You are Lord to worry every Sunday. You know the Lord and you're going to live longer. Sometimes people die young. Because when they worry, they swallow up. They keep swallowing all those junk into their mind, into their stomach, and burn their stomach to have peptic ulcer. Burn their brain and then start to have high cholesterol. And then the blood vessel clog up and get a stroke and die early. Or get a clog up in their heart, the coronary artery. And then they have a heart attack and die young. Because they worry too much. Worry causes people to be sick and die early. That's why the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, in the Philip translation, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him, for you are his 
personal concern. He concerned about you personally. James chapter 4 verse 2, you do not have because you do not ask God. If you want to live a long life, you want to overcome all the stress in your life, worry about nothing, and pray about everything, cast all your care upon him, drop it on his lap. He knows all the details of your life. It's very simple. And you can get rid of the stress and anxiety and worry. Amen? Prayer is a big relief stress equipment that God gives to you. Let's look at number three. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the third step. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The third one. Thank God in. Everyone say in. in. Thank God in everything. When you pray, pray with a thankful heart. There are many heavenly God attitudes that you should have, such as love, patience, kindness. And one of the most healthiest and powerful attitude we should have is called thanksgiving. There is a medical study, the doctor's study, that if people are so thankful and live their life for God and for other people, their immune system will be stronger than people who are not thankful and live for themselves and complain all the time. This is true. The medical doctors have studied immunity, the immune system. People who are thankful and live their life for God and for other people have a higher level of immunity. And when you have great immunity, what happens? You can fight with stress. You will not be easily susceptible to illness. You're going to be a healthy person. Thankful people are happy people. Unthankful people are miserable people. Everything looks bad. Nothing is good enough. People are not good to me. Unthankfulness or ungratefulness is not a good attitude. We should be thankful. I remember when I first became a Christian, I joined a Baptist church. And at that time, we sang an old hymn song. And that song is... Many of us might not know the song, but can you come with me? Go like this. One, one two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Here we go. When upon last bit, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And you will surprise you what the Lord has done. One, two, three. Four, one, two. Second verse, here we go. Are you ever burdened with a load of cares? Count your many blessings, every thou will fly. And we will keep singing. Days go by. Here we go. Count your blessings, name them one by one. 
Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessing, name them one by one. And you will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessing, name them one by one. Count your blessing, see what God has done. Count your blessing, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Amen. <laughs> In order to be thankful, count the blessing. Make a list. Oh, I thank God for my wife. I thank God for my kids. I thank God for my grandchildren. I thank God for my church. I thank God for my job. You start to count the blessing instead of complaining about what you don't have. A lot of time, we take it for granted of what we have. We have legs to walk, we have knees, we have hands, but we just keep complaining about what we don't have. Count the blessing. Put on the list what you have that God has given to you. The Bible says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Everyone say again, in The Bible did not say that we give thanks for all circumstances. I do not give thanks to God because somebody died in a tsunami. For the death in the tsunami. I did not give thanks to God for the flood in Thailand. But I give thanks to God in the flood, in the tsunami. What does it mean when the Bible says, give thanks to God in the bad circumstances? This is what it means. Number one, we can give thanks in the bad circumstances because number one, I know that God in this problem has a better, bigger, long-lasting, eternal, heavenly purpose for my life. It may look bad right now, but if I go through this with the right attitude, His big purpose is going to be done in my life and it's going to come out Good, better. Amen. 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 That's why we can thank God in the midst of the problem. Second thing, why we can thank God in the midst of problem? Because we know and we know and we have faith that He can give us abundant grace and enough power to overcome the problem. Number three, we thank God because if we can go through this problem victoriously with the right attitude, Using God's way, following the Holy Spirit, we will grow spiritually and become stronger than the past. And number four, we can thank God in all circumstances because we know and we know and we know that God is bigger than the problem we are facing right now. Amen? That's why we can thank God. Sometimes people ask me, what is the will of God for me? The answer is in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. The will of God for you, give thanks in all circumstances. Amen? If you are not thankful, you're out of the will of God. Gratitude is a stress reliever. And I like the English language. Thanksgiving. When we are thankful, we give. We give God the glory. We give money to help the poor. We give money to help people. We give our time. When people who are thankful are givers, 
People who are not thankful are selfish. Me, 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 me. Bless me. But when you are thankful, you like to give, and then you will be blessed because the more you give, the more you shall be blessed. Amen. So the third step, the first one, worry about nothing. Second step, pray about everything in detail. Drop the load upon God. Three, be thankful in all circumstances. And the fourth step is verse eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble. Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The fourth strategy is thinking the right thing. Change your mind. Change the way you think. All of us, thank God, receive the brain from God. We all have brain. And we can use our brain to the full potential. And whatever we put into our brain, it will come out that way. Whatever you put into your mind, and you keep meditating, you keep thinking about it, it will eventually show out into your words, your actions, your feeling. Garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you put in the computer, you can get it out that way. You cannot get anything out of the computer that you never put in. This is a big, big hard drive. You put in the right thing, then you produce the right thing. The way you think dictate the way you feel. Is that right? If you think about your wife in a positive way, when you look at her face, oh, wonderful, honey. But you think about her in a negative way when you come home, oh, again. Is it all the way you think? And then your feeling will control your action. Unfortunately, many Christians are feeding their mind with movie, internet, with website, with newspaper, with bad books, with comments of people, wrong comments. They keep feeding the wrong things, and that's why their life is in trouble. That's why they full of worry, and they cannot live a victorious life. Instead of feeding yourself with some website, spending time reading the website that full of junks, you should read the Bible. You should listen to the teaching. Get the MP3. Listen MP teaching MP3 in the home. Don't feed yourself with the junk, with the bad stuff from TV, from movies. I can guarantee, in the movie. When you watch certain movie, it will not be think about the things that are true, noble, right, lovely, and admirable. How many movies that full of true, noble, right, lovely, and admirable? Very few. Only Jesus movie. That's right. Only the Bible movie. So, in order to reduce stress in your life, you need to make sure you feed your mind with the right thing and meditate on the right thing. You can put two person. In the same exact circumstance, one person come out shining, glorious, victorious, and happy, but another person come out emotionally collapse, fall apart. The same situation why two person come out different way. The problem is not the situation. The problem is how they think about the situation. That's why Apostle Paul say. 
whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is lovely, think about those things. It's your perspective. It's about your worldview. It's about how you look at the situation. We have to change our thinking by feeding our mind, our brain, our heart with the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Whatever dominates your mind, it will make you become like that. I tend to think about Jesus all day long. And if I think about Jesus all day long, I become like him. I meditate on who Jesus is, what he did for me, what he did 2,000 years ago, how he loved the church, how he loved his people. I think about Jesus, who he is, what is his character, and then I will become like him because I think about him instead of thinking about some movie star. Amen? We need to change our thinking. And what is the outcome? Now I'm going to conclude the sermon. If you do all these four steps, worry about nothing, Pray about everything. Thank God in every circumstance. And think only the right thing. The Bible says in verse 7, I read from Living Bible. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. If you can do all these four things, the peace of God will fill your heart, your mind. You will not have high blood pressure. You will not have a long face, lack sleep, insomnia. You will not be upset all the time and yell at your children and yell at your spouse and make mistakes in your job because you can focus because the peace of God just fill your heart and your mind. People in the world are looking for the peace of mind. They go to yoga, therapy, psychiatrists, psychologists, using crystal, using drugs, diet, books, seminars, tapes. The answer are not those things. The answer is in the Bible. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Cast your care upon the Lord. Thank God in every circumstance and think the right thing. And then your mind will become calm and you can have strength in the midst of the storm and you're going to have a wisdom how to handle the problem instead of being overwhelmed and freak out, fretful and give up and defeated. Amen? What is the key? As you trust in Christ Jesus, the key is to have Jesus in your life and trust Him. It's interesting, the Bible says, God's peace will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and, and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. The word keep here in the original Greek language is a military term. It's a military term which means sentry guard or Soldiers who stand around the city to guard the city to be at peace, that the enemy cannot come in to attack the city. The peace of God, the Lord Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace for you. If you have relationship with Jesus, 
you do all these four things, the Lord Jesus will be your God. He will guard your city, your life. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, we are the city. The Bible compares us as a city. He's going to guard this city that the fiery arrow or the spear of the devil that will come and destroy us with fear and worry cannot enter the city. And we're going to be peaceful, smiling, happy all the time. Your boss look at you. Oh, I like this employee. He's always happy. He's always full of wisdom. Amen? Amen. Wherever you go, you smile. You are full of peace. Even though everything is falling apart, you still smile. <laughs> I told many pastors. Sometimes pastors email me to consult with me, have a, a counseling session on the email. Oh, I have a big problem in my church right now. I say the answer is in James chapter 1. Tell it all joy for all the hardship. <laughs> Just laugh. Ha, ha, ha. When the problem comes to the church, ha, ha, ha. Hey, 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 ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. Just laugh about it. Amen? Because you trust God. Because you give this, you just drop it to God and say, God, nothing is too hard for you. You can handle this. This is your church, not my church anyway. I'm just here to serve you as a pastor. I give this to you. I'm going to fill my heart with your peace. I give thanks to you in all circumstances. And I will always trust you. Trust Jesus Christ who will build my house and my church. Amen? Amen. How many people say, I want Jesus to be my God, to be my sentry God for my city? Raise your hand up. How many people want to have relationship with Jesus? Praise God. Why don't we pray quickly to invite Jesus to be our sentry God? Just speak to him right now. Lord Jesus, you are my peace. The Prince of Peace. You die for me. You love me. Be my Lord. My Savior. My peace. My God. Oh Lord, I will follow these four strategies. These four steps. I ask you to help me. Not to worry about anything. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help me to pray with supplication and thanksgiving. Help me, Lord, to be a thankful person. Help me, Lord, to have the right heart. Think the right thing. Whatever is true, whatever is right, lovely, Pressworthy, excellence. I would think about those things. And I believe you never lie. Your word is true. Your peace shall guard my heart and my mind beyond man can understand. And I will not be a stressful person. I will not be stressed out anymore. I can smile. I have strength. The peace of God in my heart. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
Give the mighty hands toward the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many people promise God that you're going to put this into practice? Four steps. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this